I live with three amazing females, my beautiful wife Jennifer and our two darling girls. And they are my world and I love them to pieces. But sometimes they drive me crazy because they just ask and ask and ask and ask tons of questions. And many times it's when I'm watching a sporting event. Like today, I'll be watching the Indy 500 and I want to focus, but they'll just ask and ask and ask. So this week, I started thinking about just some of the questions that they've actually asked me just this week. Can you get me a glass of water? Can you get me a Gatorade? Can you set the table? Can you work from home on Friday? Can you help me with my my homework? Can you rub my back? Are you okay? Are you mad? Are you listening to me? No, I'm not listening to you. Because you're asking so many questions. I'm male. I can't multitask. You're driving me nuts. You're killing me with all of your ass. Do you ever get frustrated when people ask you questions? Uh, Do you ever get kind of worn down by your boss asking you to work over? Or a co-worker asking you a question? And when they ask the question, you're like, you're putting me behind by asking me this. Or do you ever kind of lose your patience with your children because they just ask and ask and ask over and over again. Can we get some ice cream? Can we get some ice cream? Can we get some ice cream? Well, unlike me, God never gets tired of us asking him questions. In fact, he longs for us to be able to connect with him. Morning, noon, or night, he says, ask, and I will listen, I will hear your response. And this kind of leads us to our big idea this morning that you can fill out in the app uh, outline if you want, and it's this, God loves to be asked. God loves to be asked. We've been in this uh, Relate series in which we've been talking about the importance of Jesus' teaching on how to relate to others on the Sermon on the Mount. And you know, one of the best ways that you can actually learn to relate with other people is to be a part of a small group. Uh, Later on, we will give you an opportunity to consider this, but some of the best friends that I have in my life are in my small group. Also, I've learned so much about God through being a part of that group. And the primary way that I've learned from them is through prayer. You see, uh, prayer can be a challenging kind of thing sometimes. Uh, Who do I pray to? Is that person listening? Uh, How much do I ask? Uh, Where are they at? And if you're new to church or you're new to this whole kind of God thing, and maybe you're watching on the stream as well, and you're just wondering, well, I don't know, I just feel awkward every time that we kind of talk about prayer. And many times it's because people think that you have to pray out loud to pray. 
In fact, uh, before the celebration today, uh, one of the guys in the band was like, man, I, I, if I have to pray out loud, I just don't think I can do that. And I was like, hey, it's not about praying out loud. It's about praying together in community. So if you choose to be a part of a small group, one of the reasons why many people choose not to is because they think they're going to be in a room with a whole bunch of strangers and eventually someone's going to say, will you pray? And that's not the way we work. Our small groups are safe. They're places where you can enjoy just learning about prayer. But here's the cool thing. There'll always be a time where someone will ask you, what would you like prayer for or do you need prayer for anything? And they'll pray within it. And as you listen to people pray, what happens is you actually draw closer to God. And a small group is a great, safe place to do that. You know, Jesus actually had a a small group that he was a part of. It was 12 guys uh, that he connected with. And with these 12 individuals, one of the things that I find in Scripture that's very fascinating is that there is only one recorded request where they ask Jesus to teach them something. If you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament that talk about Jesus' life, what you'll find is there is only one request that they ask of Jesus to teach them, and it was this, teach us how to pray. Now, I find that kind of interesting myself because I think if I were around Jesus at this time, Uh, and I saw all of these incredible things he did, one of the last things I would do is ask about prayer. I mean, he was an amazing communicator. He was a great teacher. I think I would ask things like, would you teach me to teach like you? Would you help me to communicate like you? Plus, Jesus actually walked on water. Wouldn't that be a great thing? Like, you're walking around, and uh, there's uh, someone that's like, hey, do you have any tricks? Yeah, I know how to walk on water. And all of a sudden you just start walking on water. You know, we're having a baptism today and not everyone will be able to come. But just think that if the one thing I got from Jesus was knowing how to, you know, walk on water, we're out at Prairie Creek and all of a sudden there goes Bunch. You know, he's like walking. Like if that happened, man, the church would be full next week regardless of social distancing. They'd be like walking on water. And he healed people. He raised people from the dead. I mean, I think I would want him to, if I were to ask him one thing, I would want him to teach me how to do miracles, how to provide healing, how to save lives. But those aren't the questions that Jesus was asked by his disciples. The only thing they asked of him in Scripture to teach them was teach us how to pray. Now, the reason I think they did this is because of the kind of person Jesus is. Jesus is the most extravagant person ever to walk planet Earth. He is the most radically loving person, accepting person that has ever walked planet Earth. And he loved to be around people that other people would disregard. And he not only ate with them, but he also became their friend. The people who flubbed up, messed up, screwed up in life. Jesus actually wanted to draw closer to them. And then he loved them as is. And 
What he did more than anything else to live this kind of life, to be this kind of person, was he spent a whole lot of time in prayer to his father. Now, let me say this. The main purpose of prayer is not for your life to be easier. Most of us, that's what we think. It's not to get God to kind of do what we want to do. Like God is not a genie in the bottle. You just kind of rub it and you get three wishes every day. Like rub that and see what happens. That's not the way prayer works. The main purpose of prayer is for you to know God better. To have a relationship, to be in process, that you get to know him a little bit more every time you pray. In our text today, Jesus compares our relationship with God to that of a child and a parent. Jesus says, in the way a child asks their parent for what they need, prayer is that opportunity to build a relationship with God as we share with Him what we need, and then He loves to give it to us. Now, remember, I said what your need was, not what your want is. A lot of us get mad at God because we're like, well, it says in the Bible, uh, ask and receive, but... It's the needs of our lives, and sometimes he's so generous, he actually gives us even our wants. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Jesus says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For, what's the next word? Everyone. How many people is everyone? Everyone. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who, last two words, what is it? Ask him. It says just ask. Here, Jesus comes right out and he says, ask, seek, and knock. Now, what's surprising about this is how wide the welcome he gives. How wide open is it to do this? What was the word again that he said? How many people can do it? Everyone. Notice here that Jesus does not qualify this statement. Who can make an ask of God? Again, who is it? Everyone. And what can they ask? Well, ironically, he doesn't say what they can ask. He just says this. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. He doesn't say anything about having to have right words. Many people will say, well, I I don't pray as much because I feel awkward. I'm not going to have the right words. He doesn't say you have to have the right words. You can say, ain't all you want. And it's okay. And he doesn't even say you have to have a right heart. He just says to ask, to seek, 
and to knock. And then to illustrate this, Jesus tells a story about a child who asked for a piece of bread and a piece of fish. I was thinking about it. If my two girls ask me for a piece of bread or a piece of fish, I would give it to them. I'd be so joy-filled to give it to them. But any of you who are parents, you'll understand this. My two girls, they ask me for a lot more than a bread and a fish. They just ask and ask and ask and ask. They just keep on asking. They're wearing the old man down with how much asking they have. And yet the truth is, I love them so much that I want to give them good gifts. I want to meet their ask because the reality is, Good parents give good gifts to their kids. Even though a parent may not even be noticed, even if a parent will not even be told, thanks mom, thanks dad, they still continue to give good gifts to their kids because we love to provide for them. Well, Jesus depicts God as our heavenly father. As someone who is eager to give, who is eager to meet our needs. His job is to be our Heavenly Father. His job is to provide. His job is to listen. His job is to always be with us. And and our job is to be His children. To ask, to pray, and to receive. Now, For those of you who are young parents and you have small children, that sounds like your whole day, doesn't it? These little kids that are just asking, asking, that's your life. Little kids are always asking, can I go outside? Can we go to the park? Can I have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Can you go outside and play with me? And what happens most of the time, if you're a good parent, you're like, yeah, I'll do that. And you'll go because you want to meet your kids' needs. And what Jesus is showing us here is a picture of a heavenly father who loves to give, who loves to provide, who loves to answer his children when they ask him. But the reality is, and this is what you need to know, that God is not a vending machine God. You can't just put an amount of money or your good works and then you push the button and you get whatever it is you want. Because this is the thing about prayer. Prayer is a lot more complicated than just ask and receive. In fact, there are some challenges to prayer. And that's why it's so important to be a part of a small group. So as you're going through and you're praying, you're not alone. So let's just talk about a few of the challenges to prayer. Here's the first challenge. If God already knows what I need, why do I need to ask for prayer? If God already knows what I need, why do I need to pray or ask for anything? I mean, Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 6, For your Father knows what you need before you even ask Him. Folks, if God already knows what I need, if he has unlimited power, then why in the world do I need to pray? I mean, either he doesn't really know what I need, or he doesn't care. 
Now, because of this challenge, sometimes you will hear people say something like this. Prayer is a waste of time. Prayer is just a waste of time. If God is omniscient, in other words, that's just a big word that he knows everything. If God knows everything, what's the point of me actually asking for it? Well, the Bible continues on to teach us this. You do not have because you do not ask. This ever happened to you before? You're around somebody who is godless, who is mean, who is nasty, and it seems like they get everything good in life. I mean, they're just getting provided for all the time. It's hard to pray when there are plenty of people around me who have everything they need and they don't pray for it. Other people seem to have everything without prayer. It seems they get what they want by just working hard for it, not by praying for it. I mean, I have a neighbor. uh, I, I drive by their house. They have a nicer house than me. They have nicer cars than me. And they get to sleep in on Sundays. Kind of ticks me off. It seems like they're just working hard and they get the stuff, not because of God or prayer, not by asking God. Doesn't this just prove then that prayer doesn't make all that much of a difference? I mean, God gives gifts to people who pray or who don't pray. Whether they believe or they don't believe. The sun rises. Did you realize this? The sun actually rises on good people and evil people. And none of these things are dependent upon whether or not they acknowledge God or they pray. Here's another challenge to prayer. Unanswered prayer. Unanswered prayer. A couple of years ago, we had a wonderful woman that was a part of our small group named Kim. Now, each time that our small group meets, one of the things that we do is we actually ask people if they uh, need any prayer for anything. And sometimes people will share prayer uh, requests, other times they won't. But on this particular day, Kim shared a request. She said, I've been diagnosed with cancer. And when we got that request, we were devastated at first and we felt bad for her, but then we're like, let's pray. And so we're praying and we're praying and we're praying and we're praying and we're praying. And she starts her treatments and people go to the hospital and they're with her and they bring meals to her house. And we're just praying that she would be cancer free. And after some radiation and chemotherapy and a lot of prayer therapy that we were doing, all of a sudden the news comes back. Her cancer is in remission. And we're celebrating and we're thanking God and everything's great. And then another day, Kim comes to the group and she says, my cancer's back. And we're like, that's no big deal. We're just going to pray and we're going to pray. And she did chemo and she did radiation. And after a long battle with cancer, she died. Our prayer wasn't answered. You know, I can imagine that when people 
have unanswered prayers. And they begin to stack up one after another after another. It becomes very difficult for people to keep believing. It's easy for us to stop believing and to think, if there is something up there, they're not paying attention to me. And we begin to think that our prayers aren't really making a difference. See, this is the problem with unanswered prayer, and we need to remember this. God's love is unconditional. God's goodness is unconditional. But God's promises are not. We also need to remember He's wise. And He loves us no matter what. And His wisdom is so great that He knows the difference between what is good and what is not. I mean, a good parent wouldn't give a stone or a snake to their child. I mean, think about it. Even if a child came to a parent and said, Hey, Mom, hey, Dad, I want a snake. I want a stone. Would you give it to me? Would they? So how much more does God know the difference between What is good and what we need? We have to remember to thank God for answering our prayers, both when He meets what we ask for and when He doesn't give us what we ask for. Have you ever had this experience before? You're in a situation, you're struggling with something, you pray to God, God, would you do this? God, would you do this? God, would you you do this? And He doesn't do it. And then you go fast forward your life to about five years and you look back on that thing that he said no to and you actually are like, thank God. For instance, man, I found this girlfriend in college and I was like, oh, she's amazing. She's so beautiful. When I walk through campus, everybody thinks I'm the big man on campus. God, I want her. I need her. I love her. I want to marry her. And five years later, I got someone even better than that. I got my wife, Jennifer. And unfortunately, I've kept track of that person. They've gone through a divorce and pain and hurt and all kinds of stuff. And if God would have answered my prayer, that ever happened to you? Now, let's think a little bit about what Jesus is talking about here for a moment. Does a loving and wise parent always do what their child wants them to do? Does a loving and wise child or loving and wise parent always do what their child wants them to do. What would you say? No. I mean, if a parent were to give their child everything that they ask for, that parent would be irresponsible. Folks, there's a reason known only to God why it is that some of our prayers get answered and some of them don't. In his book on prayer, Tim Keller says this, God will either give us what we ask or give us what we would have asked if we knew everything he knows. Folks, when my friend Kim passed away, 
I needed my small group. Because I kept thinking, well, we prayed, and and God, I I just don't see it. Why didn't you do this for her? And I needed to be reminded in the midst of that, that God is good, and that God is love, and that He does not walk away. And that I can trust Him, even if He doesn't answer my prayers the way that I want Him to. And I needed them to remind me, dude, Kim is in heaven. Like, I'm assuming, I don't know, I haven't been to heaven yet, but I assume the people that are in heaven right now are not like, boy, I'd like to go back to earth. (sighs) Just missing earth, missing all those messed up people at the jar, you know. Missing that pastor boy up there that messes things up. And I needed to be reminded of that. That's not the last time I'll ever see her. I'll see her again. And maybe, just maybe, what I would know if I knew what God knew, I might not have prayed what I prayed. Last challenge to prayer is this. Our inability to trust God. Our inability to trust God. Again, Jesus depicts God as a loving Father who is eager to give. He's eager to meet our needs. Now, This idea of a loving father, it really resonates with some people. For some people, they're like, ah, yeah, this really connects. But for other people, this doesn't connect at all. Because when they look back on their life and they look at their own father, and some of you may be this person, you look back and you're like, you know, my dad just wasn't that loving to me. And yet some people... Feel very comfortable with that image of God being a loving father. For example, when I think of my dad, who's 83 years old, he's watching right now. When I think of him, so hi, dad, let me say hello to you. When I think of you, uh, what I think of is a person who is always loving and kind and generous and he's patient and he gives more of himself away and he's an encourager. And this is what happens every Sunday. Whether I bomb up here or I hit a home run, every single Sunday night, I get a phone call or a text from my dad encouraging me. Here's one of them that I just received a couple of weeks ago. I'm so proud of you, son. This week, we all need to do as you did did and expose our lumber, not our jarhead speck. You might remember I talked about don't look the speck in another person's eye. That's what Jesus said. Rather take the log out of your own. And then my dad went on to say, great sharing of Jesus's truth. I love you, dad. But for some of you, you're like, man, that wasn't my reality. That's not my reality right now. I don't have that kind of loving father my dad just wasn't always very loving instead of providing for me he ignored me instead of loving me he despised me instead of caring for my needs he abused me and you see jesus knew that that might happen in some of our relationships jesus knows that this can be true of our relationship. So he comes and he names it. He says this, 
though you who are evil know how to do good know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give you good gifts to those who ask him you see god is a perfect father god is perfect in his love to each one of us he would do anything he would move heaven and earth just to have a relationship with you even if you turn your back on him and you walk away and you want nothing to do with god god says this i will leave the 99 other people who have it all together and i will pursue you the reason why jesus tells us to pray is because prayer is about our relationship with him prayer is about talking to god prayer is about having a conversation with the one who knows you best and he loves you most it's about this relationship between the god of the universe who is a heavenly loving father and our Now, just imagine if you were in a relationship with someone and you never talked to them. You never kind of learned what their desires were, what their kind of understanding was. You never kind of tried to know them. I mean, conversations are one of the primary vehicles that we have to help us relate and build friendships with the people around us. For example... My wife, Jennifer, we have conversations every day. My conversations to her are very kind. Sometimes I wish her conversations were more kind to me, to be quite honest. But it's the activity that Jennifer and I do more than anything else as a husband and wife is we talk to each other and we talk a lot because we want to get to know each other better and in the same way the function of prayer is to be in a relationship with god to be in constant conversation with him you see god has designed us in such a way that a loving relationship with him happens best through prayer Because the truth is this, and it's our big idea that we started with. God loves to be asked. God loves to be asked. So I want to ask you this morning this question. What do you need to ask God about? Do you need to ask Him for help? Do you need to ask Him for encouragement? Do you need to ask Him for peace? Do you need to ask Him for strength? Do you need to ask Him for forgiveness? Do you need to ask Him for a miracle that you don't see now? It's interesting that when Jesus was with His small group, He told them, ask what you need and ask it in prayer. And he said, if you will do this, he told his small group of disciples, he said this, 
I also tell you, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. You see, folks, this is the truth. God loves to be asked. And He is a good, good Father who loves to give good gifts to you. Let's pray. Father, we are just blown away that you recognize us. We're blown away that the creator of the universe hears our prayers and that you long to have us ask you anything. And you not only hear, you actually listen to the depths of our heart. Loving Father, I pray this week that over and over again your Holy Spirit would remind us to pray. That we would pray when we get up. We would pray when we're eating. We would pray before we go to bed. We'd pray in our homes. We'd pray at our workplaces. We'd pray in our neighborhoods. God, would you convict us to pray? Help us to be in a constant conversation with you all day long. Now maybe the truth is for some of you, You can't remember the last time that you had an honest, heartfelt prayer with God. You can't remember the last time you asked Him of anything. If truth were known, you've actually been getting more and more and more away from prayer. You've drawn further and further away from God. You've just drifted away. And yet, you're like, my life is no better. I feel totally kind of isolated and I'm struggling right now. And maybe today, maybe today is your day where you'd say, I'm tired of drifting. I want a relationship with God. I want this loving God to reach down and to know that He's always with me. He never walks away. And God loves to be asked anything from me. And so if that's you today, I invite you right now to just kind of quietly in your heart to cry out and say, God, I need you. I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. I need your love. I need everything you can give because I'm broken and I'm hurting right now. And as you do that, you would know that there is a God who hears and listens and who says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. And if you're ready to make that relationship for the very first time, I'm going to invite you to simply repeat a prayer after me. And it's not a prayer that you pray alone. But just as Jesus' small group prayed in community, we do as well. And so I invite you to simply repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, today I give my life to you. Jesus, save me from my sin. Make me brand new. I believe you died and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. 
Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, if you said that prayer for the very first time, all of heaven is celebrating with you. And uh, for those of you who are here in the auditorium, God is so grateful and thankful. And uh, let's give them a hand right now, uh, welcoming them to the kingdom of God. If you're on the stream, if you just push that raise hand button, someone would love to be able to connect with you. If you made that commitment here for the first time or you uh, recommitted your life back in the back, there is a kind of prayer station that you can stop by. Uh, Someone would just love to give you a gift. You don't have to ask for prayer if you don't want to, but if you do want prayer for anything, they would love to pray with you as well. Well, today we get to celebrate seven people getting baptized. And uh, that's something, yeah, go ahead. That's something to celebrate. And uh, not all of us will be able to see it, but you'll be able to see it on a video. Uh, But those families will be. And each of these seven people have asked God to come into their life. And God has said yes. And their lives are different. And they have powerful stories. And so we just wanted to share with you one word uh, of what their life was like. They're going to share one word of what their life was like before they came to Christ, and then one word, what their life has been like since they have come to Christ. And so I want you to check out this video right now. Too many days in the darkness Without a glimpse of the light Running tired and broken and scared But I swear I'll never give up the fight I'll never give up the fight With every start We are born again Born in your heart Spend less time in your head everybody. I'm Emily, and I am so excited for those seven people to be getting baptized tonight. And uh, we're going to film all of that and put it on Facebook later this week so you all can be a part of that as well. Um, Well, Chris talked during the teaching today about the importance of having a small group of people around you to pray with you and to teach you more about prayer and kind of encourage you. And so if you're here and you're like, I don't know what a small group is. Well, a small group is just five to 15 people that get together a couple of times a month just to get to know each other and to learn about the Bible and to learn about prayer and just support each other in that. And um, if you are not in a small group or if you're like, hey, I want to try a new small group, now is a great time. Time to do that uh, because many of our groups have been taking a break over the summer and they're starting back up again. A lot of them are starting in person again and kind of starting new series and really kind of jumping back in. So it's a great time to be able to do that. Um, so if you're like, hey, I want to know more about what groups you have 
have or I think I'd like to try a group or anything in between. Um, that Connect card that was in your cup holder, there's a little blue box on the top right-hand corner of that. You can just check that box and make sure your name's on it and a way to contact you. And um, I'll get in touch with you about this week, and we can talk a little bit more um, about what our small groups are and what's available to you. So just take that card, and as you leave today, in those offering boxes that are um, right by the doors, you can just drop that in there along with your offering. If you're online, your uh, chat room host, they'll give you a link, and you can just follow that link, and you can get connected with groups um, that way as well. Well, um, another cool thing that you can be a part of to connect with groups is next Sunday after the second celebration um, down at our ministry center where our offices are just down the street, we're going to have an outside group connect event. Um, So you can come and meet our small group leaders for those groups that are open and kind of connect with them and some other people who are interested in groups and just kind of have a good time and and get to know uh, those leaders. So that'll be next Sunday um, right after the second celebration. Well, our Greeters are going to go ahead and come forward, and they are going to dismiss you by rose. And uh, I just pray and hope that you all have a wonderful week and that you know that you're loved in this place.